0: Visit www.paulsonandnace.com or call 202-463-1999. Today on CityCast DC, it is seismic news for downtown DC, a place that's already struggling. The Washington Capitals and Wizards announced this week that they want to move to a huge new entertainment and business district across the river in Alexandria. What do they see in the deal? What did DC do wrong? And what's next for downtown? Tristan Navarro from the Washington Business Journal is here to talk it through. Today is Thursday, December 14th. I'm Michael Schaefer, and here's what DC is talking about. Hey, Tristan. Hey, Michael. So there was this big uh, press conference yesterday where Ted Leonsis, the owner of the Wizards and the uh, Capitals, and Glenn Youngkin, the governor of Virginia, and a whole bunch of officials from Virginia announced this agreement they've got, non-binding, but it seemed pretty serious, which is going to bring the Wizards and Capitals across the Potomac to Potomac Yard in Alexandria, right next to the airport. Why are they looking to move? What's in it for them? Well, you know, this
1: has been something that we've gotten the sense about for a couple of months now. They have been visibly frustrated with the state of the arena in downtown. There's been some complaints in public and private. But really, you know, this is a new normal in the world of sports. We used to wait 30 or 40 years to replace new arenas and stadiums. And, you know, now it's pretty standard. If Cap 1 is 25 years old. We are in a time where they want significant upgrades there and they have a willing suitor who is also interested in competing. So,
0: so I you know, remember that part of downtown before there was an arena. It was pretty, very quiet at, at night. It was not a place full of life that people from the suburbs and around town came in for. You know, it seemed like such a epochal event when it opened. What did DC do wrong here that they would lose this?
1: Well to be clear, you know, it's it's not fully a done deal yet. Mm-hmm. Virginia's House of Delegates still has to approve incentives. They still have quite a few hurdles to jump on the local level. But D.C.'s downtown has already been struggling so much that it's at a disadvantage in the negotiation right now. He has talked a bit about wanting infrastructure upgrades at the arena. It's one of the older ones, at least in the NHL. But downtown has been hurt so much by the past couple of years of people staying home and, and many of those restaurants and businesses in Chinatown already suffering, that some of the sense of the mojo there is has gone, which he has reportedly been frustrated about some of the noise outside of his window. There's been some talk about crime public safety, you know, with the perception one way or another.
0: So you say sort of people had inklings that this was coming for months. And I wonder whether folks in the the D.C. government just thought it was so much posturing in order to squeeze some money out of them. It now feels like it happened so fast. And at least the act from the D.C. government is that they've been blindsided late on Tuesday, like at night. The mayor of D.C., Muriel Bowser, had this last-ditch effort where she pitched $500 million for Monumental. Why did this all happen so late in the game? It doesn't sound like an economic development team that was really on top of this pretty crucial issue.
1: Well, there's been a lot of uncertainty in the Bowser administration this year. Of course, they had a deputy mayor process that was harangued. You know, she had a top confidant be resigned and then, you know, have several allegations come out against him which resulted in a new deputy mayor of economic development coming aboard recently. But there's also kind of that element of Virginia has pitched stadiums before unsuccessfully, and maybe there was this sense in D.C. that they were in pole position and that they were going to be able to keep the teams. Well, you know, Virginia is obviously is, is considering a pretty hefty incentives package And D.C. is competing against a a larger entity at this case. so.
0: So, you know, one of the things we've talked about in all these stadium things is that the trend in stadium building is not just build a stadium, but build a whole sort of area with hotels and, you know, entertainment and all this stuff that will throw off more money for the team and that Leonsis has complained that within the at Capital One arena, there's no similar structure like that. That's going to be like the, the stadium in Los Angeles or something. That seems to be what they're talking about in Potomac Yard.
1: Yeah, for sure. You know, it's, it's surprising when you see kind of the scope of the development that's been proposed. But if you really look at it, there's been so much development in this area of Potomac Yard, often with stadium owners, when they have their mindset on something new and shiny. It's hard to pull them away from that. You know I covered the relocation of the Columbus crew out of Columbus in and into Austin, Texas five years ago. and similar kind of situation happened. you know when team owners really have their mindset on this, that's that's typically it, it's real hard to sway them. I mean, they're they're business owners. and in this case, uh, this is a business owner who's who's looking for, a certain experience for his fans. We've heard quite a few as fans have been talking on talk radio and and hearing and giving feedback and that sort of thing about what the experience that they feel like they're missing out on heading to cap one and it's things like that that he really pays attention to.
0: It's time to get dressed up, D.C. So Others Might Eat is having its Young Professionals Network Spring Soiree. That's to help raise funds for homelessness in D.C. The gala is on the evening of May 17th at the National Museum of Women in the Arts. There will be live music from DJ Heat from the Washington Wizards, photo booths, food, and even a special appearance by a former actor from Pretty Little Liars. Wow. There will also be a canned food drive, so be sure to bring a few cans to support Sums Food Pantry. Grab tickets before they're gone at sumorg slash spring soiree. That's S-O-M-E dot O-R-G slash spring soiree. See you there. So you and I have talked before about the subject that's sort of a key part of your beat at the Business Journal, which is the state of downtown D.C. This arena was a big driver of people who never used to come to downtown coming to downtown. What does this mean? What happens if this uh, goes through? Is this like a, a death knell? I mean, people were, were downright funereal on social media. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, let's be clear. This is absolutely devastating to downtown. Of course, something like billion in development came up around Cap-1 after it opened in 1997. This is a big part of what helped pull DC out of its economic slump in the 90s, was kind of revival in the middle of downtown. It's not immediately clear how serious an impact we'll see overall. It seems like they're committed to keeping the arena as an event space and potentially host the Mystics there. And that could dull some of the impact of losing the two professional teams. But how does that get implemented? At least with certain maneuvering, he's going to be able to get out of his lease in 2027. What happens after that? It's going to be a big question. There's still a lot of questions right now. But undoubtedly, downtown has suffered quite a bit and really could use a win. Other thing I will say on this, folks have been talking a lot on social media that that it's all about crime or it's all about public safety or it's politics, really look at what's been happening in downtown the past two or three years. We, we get the occupancy data from Castle Systems every week. D.C. hasn't seen its, its office occupancy rise above 50% in almost two years, pretty much consistently.
0: So, I mean, that's been my question all well, along. This is what happens when everybody stays home. You lose the stuff that depend on lots of people being in a place they don't live. And I think a great irony that these, you know, blue cities like Washington have been places where people seem most eager to stay home and you lose these things we're supposed to like, which is, you know, cities, walkability, transit, et cetera. These are the things that are stressed by people staying home. You've done a lot of interviewing of local leaders, economic development people, what are they saying to you?
1: Well, the the real worry is the trickle down effect. And we've been talking about that for some time now. And this is really just one of those impacts. I remember talking to uh, a restaurant owner a few months ago who'd mentioned how much it hurts his business that you know the Friday uh, lunch crowd that used to be the, the make or break part of his business just isn't coming in anymore. He's seen the impact of people not even coming into work on Friday. Not very many companies are doing that, according to the data. And you see the vibrancy of downtown and its businesses start to erode as companies remain work from home for a long time. And that's already hurt Chinatown. You've seen a number of bars close there, number of businesses close there. This is just another step in that process. I wouldn't go ahead and say that this is entirely caused by one thing or another. It's complicated. Obviously, this is a business owner making a decision, but it's going to be difficult to ascertain how long it's going to take downtown to recover.
0: So one of the ironies here is that Bowser, the mayor of Washington, she's not just any mayor. She is the mayor who was very strongly supported by the business and real estate and development community. She was the pro-business side of the last race, and is somebody who likes, you know, like a lot of mayors do, likes attracting these big, shiny objects. I wonder if this concern about her legacy makes her turn even more strongly to trying to woo the commanders, which, you know, they've only got 10 ohm games a year as opposed to like 80 games at the arena.
1: No, I absolutely agree. I talked to a, an expert from the University of Maryland, talked a bit about that. DC was also kind of in a really rough position here where it had multiple sports teams looking for something at the same time, right? DC United has called for some upgrades to its facility. The Nationals want some upgrades to their facility. They're trying to bring in the commanders. At the same time, this is happening. It ends up being just a mess. And my sense is that the mayor really, really wants to lure the commanders. There was never really an idea that DC was going to be able to keep all of these teams, but now it looks like, you know, the commanders, it's probably going to be a much bigger priority. She's been beset by a number of situations this year, and this is going to be the kind of win that, that DC really needs.
0: So there were some protesters outside the press conference. On the other hand, on the inside, there was, among other things, the entire Alexandria City Council uh, on stage. So is there any chance this thing gets torpedoed by them, by state lawmakers? That's the sort of D.C. long shot hope. I mean, never say never. We still haven't fully
1: gotten a full kind of sense for how Alexandria's residents feel about this. They're going to get the chance to air their feelings about it. At the same time, I struggle to imagine that we'll overcome just the sheer political will of seeing a professional sports franchise move to Virginia for the first time.
0: It's also like this development they're doing, that's gonna happen anyway, with or without these teams. I mean, it'll obviously be bigger and glitzier and get more people with the teams. But, you know, it's not like the choice is, you know, you can either have a beloved neighborhood park or a a stadium for a you know, a team where tickets are very expensive. So there's like less to attack than in a lot of these deals.
1: For sure. And you know, this area is right next to Virginia Tech's campus. Amazon's already, of course, been building there for some time. The neighborhood has been growing. It maybe was not specifically planning for this kind of investment, but the cat's out of the bag as far as development in the Potomac Yard area.
0: So at... This press conference, Leonsis said that he, he seems to intend to keep having the Mystics, the women's basketball team, play downtown and play in D.C., and wants to maintain this as an arena. He was talking about how in in New York, you know, it's a big enough place that there's arenas in Brooklyn and New Jersey and in Manhattan. It's early, I know, but you cover these folks. It's an awfully creative community of people who can kind of look at a space and imagine it as something totally different or imagine ways of making it work. What are some of the other options for sort of keeping that space vibrant and not allowing the sort of doom cycle to take over Chinatown?
1: Well, one of the things that Monumental mentioned, they would like to see more complex events be held there that aren't possible now. Residencies, maybe more um, performing arts, maybe more concerts, you know, there are a number of other kinds of events that could use a modern 20,000 seat venue. I just kind of wondered why Taylor Swift didn't come to DC, you know, this summer.
0: I think she was aiming at crowds a little bit bigger than a basketball (laughs) stadium of any sort. For sure, for sure. But there
1: are the chance for a modern downtown venue probably has a different set of events it could attract. It remains to be seen how much that replaces or at least reduces the loss of these teams. We will see how DC figures things out over the long term on that one.
0: What if they just gave Ted the Harrington uh, Hotel um, so that he could have that as a revenue stream? Well, you know, we we understand that
1: (laughs) they've even thought about giving or at least helping them acquire Gallery Place, which is the building next door that's been in some financial trouble. Mm. And that would kind of strengthen potentially a redevelopment play. I mean, there's all kinds of different sort of options that are probably available that they've discussed You know, DC Mm -hmm. at this point has said very little about what kind of conversations have been going on the past couple of months.
0: I mean, if the game is offering him a different set of revenue streams to change the nature of the business, this is going to inevitably play into a narrative of DC as a place where crime is rising and things are closing and downtown has not come back and the feds, despite all of Bowser's efforts, are really not back at work in the same capacity. I'm curious also what it's going to do, I mean, if it cements DC's reputation, which I think is probably a little unfair. I'm curious what it's going to do to Ted's reputation. Now, this was a person who was always in the pantheon of DC sports owners. He was like the good one. People couldn't stand Snyder, but Leonsis was the business of happiness guy. Is he going to become a civic villain? Well, he's he's had aspirations for some time. He told
1: Bloomberg in the summer that he potentially wanted to take Monumental Public. We don't know where that stands. I think the economists that I've talked to find it's probably a more measured impact on D.C. overall. You know, fans who were already going to their neighborhood bar to watch the games are probably still going to do that. It's not like there's going to be a mass people turning in their jerseys. You know, it depends on what kind of venue that ends up getting built. They typically like new venues. Downtown is gonna is gonna have its challenges. It
0: could really use a win right now. I mean, I was struck watching ESPN, where Michael Wilbon, a you know former Washington Post guy, very outspoken, you know, had heard about this move and just was saying, "This is terrible. Basketball is a city sport, and this man is moving them out of town to this kind of like fake city that they're building across the river, and it's just terrible." And it occurred to me, I very rarely heard anyone talking about ted that way you heard people (laughs) cursing (laughs) dan (laughs) snyder all the time yeah he's
1: been a very public face but i also think his complaints and his his suggestions have resonated with his fan base i was on sports talk radio and listened to some of those callers go in and and talk about how they didn't feel safe moving much beyond the arena when they get off the Metro or how much of an annoyance it is that they got to get their cars, you know, an hour after the game ends, just the, the potential of something new and shiny and how that excites them. I am not willing to say that crime is the cause of this. I think perception of crime though, inevitably matters. And he has expressed some frustration about that himself. Uh, purportedly, according to the Washington Post, frustrated with the, the, the sound of um, all the noise outside of his office. You know, there's there's been challenges in Chinatown.
0: Right. And this Virginia space is going to be, I think, private property. Yeah. So if they don't like somebody, you know, singing at the top of their lungs or something, they, they have ways of dealing with that. Mm-hmm. Tristan, is there anything else we should mention that, you know, standout moments from the, the press event you were at or other stuff?
1: I would just say, you know, Governor Yunkin has really been jonesing for a political victory himself, uh, Virginia, and the way that, that their elections went this year. You can imagine the aggressiveness of what they threw at Monumental, and the, I think as more comes out and we get a better sense for what the competing bids were. Now, you just see it's one of those situations similar to HQ2. I think given the magnitude of the incentives that Virginia can offer, it's hard for D.C. to compete with that. And, and should it compete with that? That's a question to be asked, too. Should D.C. be giving hundreds of millions of dollars, potentially billions of dollars, at a time when it's got a number of other priorities?
0: Tristan, man, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. And one more thing before you go, you may remember we have launched a membership program. Today's episode is exactly the kind of story we are passionate about getting to you as fast as we can. These updates have a huge impact on the city we live in, how it feels, how it operates, how it evolves. And to keep you up to date on that takes work. So please help support us. You can sign up at membership.citycast.fm. It's just $8 a month and you'll get ad-free listening and first dibs on live events. Again, that's membership.citycast.fm. And that's all for today here on CityCast DC. If you enjoyed the show, tell someone who regularly goes to Caps or Wizards games. Things are a changing. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more on this and other news from around the city. Bye.